Oh, my performance anxiety. Gregor. Oh, my God. And Greg. Welcome to Maximum Collective. Spool up 20. This show will knock your socks off. Amazing. With oh. special guest, Danny Melnick. Hi, Danny. Hey, Danny. Hi. Welcome to the show. Hey. Gregor Absolute McGrath. I'm ready. And Greg Big Raw Ringley. Hey, y'all. And Steve Otto Connor. Just nothing but love. Oh, you're you're here. The Otto man himself. I try. I have uh, done an auto or two. Oh, very cool. Well, um, we, we missed your autos at the rodeo, though. Yeah, absolutely did. I would have enjoyed being there. Let Actually, give us a little quick 30-second rundown of that. Mm-hmm. Um, weather was phenomenal. Scenery is amazing. Night flying was off the hook. And the food was to die for. So just a normal day at the rodeo. Just It was just an awesome time. <laughs> So many pictures of the backdrops and everything else. Everybody looked like they're having just a blast out there. That I was, oh, yeah. Steve O'Connor. And the light, night flying was just phenomenal. I mean, in the cool desert, no humidity, cool air, those motors pull hard. So night flying awesome. is amazing. Anyway. Awesome. But you were where? Where were you at that weekend? Um. See, you're going to put me on the spot, and I can't remember the name of the thing I went to. Um, and all my East Coast buddies are gonna like be like, boo. Well, what we'll do um, is we'll RCHO their uh, fall pull. Okay. And uh, that was a good time. It's a completely different field. It's actually a neat looking field. It's just really small. It's two flight stations. Um, several helicopters ran into some trees, which was always interesting. And uh, I was not one of them. But yeah, small area. Flight station's pretty much constantly filled, but not like Urcha Deep or anything else. Still a good time. It's definitely a party. It's the most party I've ever been to for a fun fly. If you've ever been to an old school Urcha where they had the, I don't even remember what they called that area, uh, the Tony Whiteside thing that back in the day where they had Party Central. It was very much like that. And uh, good time. Huh. Well, you said they hit but a tree, right? Several people hit trees, yeah. Right. So... 200 feet out, there's a row of trees that are 40 foot tall, 30 foot tall, 20 foot tall, somewhere in that range. And uh, I mean, some people were purposely going through them. They left some grass up to cut and stuff, as you guys have seen in the picture. But we were at the second flight station and uh, you you could hit a tree pretty easy. Well, um, and we've... I, I think people just missed uh, missed the uh, that's a little too close. Well, we are on a full length runway. Our, we'll set up four fly stations, big fly stations, and we'll take up not even a third of the runway length. And we still have people manage to find the one tree in the desert. So we had someone just nail the tree. And it was like hitting a brick wall. <laughs> so even in the desert, you could find a tree. You need to get a roadrunner hat. Or not a roadrunner, but a wily Coyote hat. Oh. And then so like what they used to do for RCHN, um, you had the dunce hat. Right. That's the first place I saw it done. And where it had the spinner on top. Right. You guys could have the Wiley Coyote hat. Nice. I like it. Do something like that. That would be funny. Yeah. So we've got, an, what, one more fun fly left this year? 
Yeah, I think so. I think uh, the Winter Bash down in Orlando, um, I guess it's technically Kissimmee, isn't it? It's uh, December 8th, 9th, and 10th. Uh, you're going to be there. Yep, I will be I'm there. I'm going to be there. How about you, Danny? Are you going? Yeah, I'll be around probably all day on Saturday. All right. Awesome. Well, we'll look forward to seeing you there. So I have not been there since 2012 or 13, so I'm looking forward to it. It's been a while. That'll be fun. We'll jump in there and we'll get some flying in in Orlando. So we've got Danny joining us tonight. Um, Danny is the, what, you and uh, Manny are the proprietors of Aero Panda, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manny Manny Rodriguez and I are uh, we're 50-50 partners in, in Aero Panda. All right. And... That is an online hobby store. You guys care. What are your major products that you guys carry in there? So we focus primarily on turbine-powered aircraft, primarily jets, fixed wing, um, probably the ultimate flanker. Um, and, uh, and we also import and distribute the, uh, the Soxus line of helicopters from Heli Professional out of Switzerland. All right. Then you guys carry what jetty and jetty jetty radios. Uh, we're the we've been the number two jetty dealer in the country since since uh, since we opened. Um, soon, most likely to be the number one since uh, the primary dealer Esprit is is closing up shop. Um, and we've been the number one power box dealer uh, for three years now. Um, so, uh, Is that we do, uh, geared? advanced radio, boom, RC, MKS servos, uh, uh, a wide range of, uh, turbine accessories, jet central turbines. Uh, we just took on the, the Chikoi, uh, line of turbines as well. Nice. We've got so a the helicopter tool. expenditures are minimal to say the least compared to jets. Would you say? I mean, I jets are. Un, un, unfortunately, yes. I, I would love it if it was the other way around, but the realities of the hobby business, um, this is just what our business evolved to. Um, so both uh, both Vanny and I come more from a helicopter background than fixed wing. Um, so it's really our primary, like, passion, so to speak. Right. Um, but, but the business just took us towards where basically where the money is and that's in large scale turbine powered jets. So. Yeah, I've seen some of those things. They are amazing. Especially you start seeing those guys flying those big scale fighter jets. Those things look trick and expensive guys, to fly. You guys do builds as well, right? When it comes to that kind yeah, of stuff, I yeah, thought we offer... Yeah, we offer we offer a build service for our customers, and and uh, there, there's always multiple projects being built at the shop all, all the time. So. Wow, pretty busy. I'd build airplanes to uh, fly helicopters. That doesn't sound like a horrible deal to me. It sounds like a good time. It does sound like fun, right? I don't know if I could if I have the stones to fly one of those things, 
I mean, it makes me nervous flying a 700 electric thinking about how much that's going to cost if I hit the ground. I could not imagine having a credit card tied to a jet in the air. We'll yeah, yeah it, it's pretty crazy. I mean, the, the, it's an entry-level jet you're still going to have, you know, 6 plus K into by the time you're you have everything you need to to be airborne and you know, we deal with equipment um an aircraft that, you know, there might be 35, $40,000 flying around the sky. So. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, I wouldn't have seven of those hanging on the wall, that's for sure. <laughs> but there's a couple of people out there that, you know, I've known a couple of people. Uh, Greg Milosevic, for example. God, when I left California, he had to have like six or seven jets. And he had this one, I always get the name wrong, it's a huge pink thing, and he could land at like 10 miles an hour. It was just, but it would also whiz right by, but he would do these low-speed passes and just inches off the deck with this thing, and I'm like, you're out of your mind. Totally nice. awesome to watch. Nice. So what's it like running an online store like that? Uh, well, I mean, you know, it's, uh, I mean, we, we get to play with toys, you know, and, and that's what we do for a job. So, um, it is, it, it is enjoyable. Um, but, but it is, it's a business It's work just like any other work as well. Um, you know, the, uh, the, the, the truly enjoyable part is, is when we get to interact with customers, uh, we spend quite a lot of time giving, you know, tech support over the phone and, and so forth. And it's that one-on-one with the customer that really makes it enjoyable. Uh, the other aspects, I mean, it's just like any other business. There's, there's bills to pay and, you know, stuff to order and keep track of and, uh, you know, shipments to pick and pack and get out to customers. And, you know, inevitably something hiccups along the way and somebody doesn't get what they thought they should have gotten or doesn't get it at all. So it is, it is quite a bit of work. So it's, it's a, it's, it's, uh, it's more of a lifestyle. It's it's than a than, than a job. So, right. But, uh, I, I'm curious, um, how many fun flights do you guys attend then? Because I mean, I've seen you guys at a couple already. Um. So, you know, helicopter, not too many. I mean, helicopter. You know, we typically do obviously the Orlando event at the end of the year, uh, the Amps event in March. Um, and then, uh, you know, Urcha, Heli Extravaganza, um, and uh, there's a small event over in the Tampa area in October that we that we get to every year. Uh, I wish I could get to more Heli events, but, you know, the bulk of our event schedule is tied up on fixed wings. So uh, we do probably half a dozen uh, jet events throughout the season and the jet events typically run pretty long. So, um, the typical jet event runs from Wednesday through Saturday evening. Most people are packing up and going home on Sunday. Right. A lot of guys then, you know, will show up depending on the event. will show up maybe on Tuesday or Monday and Kentucky jets a couple of years ago, they, they ran for 10 days straight with people flying. So, um, the J 
jet events are pretty intense. Um, they're uh, they're they're usually the ones we go to are you know a hundred plus pilots, and most of the guys are there the better part of a week, and they fly a lot for a lot of care. Wow! Wow! I guess I never thought that they'd be that big of a draw. I mean, it felt like they were a smaller segment. Man, they look like there's quite a lot of people flying jets, especially to get that type of a draw. Well, it's, I mean, it's, it's like a lot of things in this hobby. It, it, it's, uh, you know, even Urcha in its heyday, um, you know, the reality is there's not a lot of people that play with these things, period. Right. Uh, there's not a lot of people compared to the total population of this country. You know, we're talking, we're a drop within a drop of a bucket. Right. Um, as far as total participation, but, uh, you know, the guys who are really, you know, enthusiastic, passionate, uh, it's, you know, they'll drive, you know, hundreds of miles, thousands of miles to go to these events. Uh, the reality with the turbine stuff is it's not possible to fly these at all, every club field. Most of the fields ban turbines for various reasons. Um, and uh, so there's a lot of guys that might have to drive a couple hours just to fly their airplane. Uh, so, you know, they tend to go to these events and they make time in their schedules. And, uh, you know, they'll, they'll camp out for the better part of a week and enjoy their hobby. But they might not get to fly for maybe a month or two in between. Wow. So from a, an event standpoint, it sounds like, it sounds like helicopters and uh, jet guys are kind of the same in the standpoint. You set up, you camp, and you fly for three or four days. The difference is it sounds like we get the, we got a small patch of ground. We can get off and get in the air and fly, whereas a jet guy needs a definitely an improved runway, huh? Yeah, yeah. You need, you need a, you know, a pretty good-sized area, a good runway and a, and a pretty good-sized area to hold these events. All right. Excellent. Now, um, one of the things that now, before we get too far away from the, uh, winter bash, one of the things that I've been scolded about is I promised my wife last year to get her an orange arrow panda hat and I didn't do it. <laughs> so I need, I got to put an order in for a, there you go. I was going to say, I got to put an order in for a first RC buffer pack and I might just have to put one of those orange hats on that order so I can get out of the doghouse with the wife. <laughs> well, I got a really I'm nice jacket, sure we, too. I'm pretty sure we have some some of the orange ones left. So. All right. You'll get me out of the doghouse if I can get one of those. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, the Arrow Panda stuff, all, all of our hats, the T-shirts, the jackets, uh it's pretty crazy how popular they are in themselves. Um, and uh, when we, uh, when we created, you know, when we came up with the name, when we created the logo for the company, you know, we had that in mind. We wanted something that people would kind of want to wear something that was uh, kind of communicated who we were. And, and uh, it was fun. And, uh, and I think we, we hit that pretty good. Um, okay, how? By the popularity of stuff. How'd you come up with Aero Panda? I mean, 
Arrow makes sense. Arrow, you know, flying, but Panda? So uh, my partner, Manny's nickname is the Panda. Um, anybody that has ever met him in person will know why. Um, he's, uh, he's, he, he's a little round in places. Um, and uh, He sleeps uh, in the pasture seat uh, a lot, right? Yeah, I mean, he's... Uh, if you look at the Arrow Panda logo, that's Manny. So, oh. um, and uh, but he's uh, you know he's a bit he's a bit round and he's uh, but he's uh, just got a very outgoing, lovable personality. Um, and uh, we, uh, I mean, years and years ago, in between fun flies, uh, we used to do. We used to do heli extravaganza, and then the week after was was what they used to call E Week at Triple Tree. Uh, it's now called Fall and All, or okay. All of the Fall. Uh, and they were like a week apart. And so, one year, my uh, one of my associates from Germany, Joachim, who is Captra uh, on the handles the Bavarian Demon line of product, uh, he was over. And we decided we were going to do both events back to back. And we spent the in-between time just playing in the Carolinas, Blue Ridge Mountains and stuff. And uh, Manny was snoozing in the back seat. You know, or I were kind of driving through the mountains. And I, I, I took a photo of him sleeping and I posted it on Facebook and said something about to the effect of the panda sleeps and he's been known as the panda ever since. So, um, <laughs> when, uh, when, when we were knocking around, uh, you know, what to call our company, uh, you know, we obviously want something that's aviation aero, you know, related. And I just looked at him and I just said, it's, it's easy. It's aero panda. So, um, all right. Name stuff. Now you've also so you fly jets. You um, yep. fly RC helicopters. Uh, yep. You fly yourself too, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I'm a full scale pilot, um, and uh, that's kind of my that's 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 like really at this point it's my hobby because uh, everybody needs a hobby to escape to after work. So, um, even though I, I get to play with all kinds of cool toys as part of work, um, I need something to escape. And, uh, and so I fly. Right. And that aircraft has a nickname, right? Yeah. Yeah. I own what is known as an F1 rocket. It's a, it's an experimental, it's home built, uh, my wife and I and some friends built it over about a seven-year period. Um, it's actually the second home built we've had. Um, and uh, it's been in the family for a long time. I started working on it in 2001, and it flew in 2008. So wow. It's been That's around a long, bad. long time. It's not a bad window, though. I mean, there's so much work involved on that, and no matter how much you know, I mean, I'm sure you learned so much. You could do all the research in the world, but I think until you go and build something like that, 
you wouldn't be able, you wouldn't even know <laughs> what was involved. Uh, I follow it you on. It's a cool project. Well, I follow you on Facebook and watch some of your stories, and it seems like you're never done working on it. Every time I turn around, you're pulling the instrument panel off and putting a new gauge in, new display, new electronics, and prop. Yeah, yeah. It's had it's had five instrument panels in it, and only three of which actually flew. Um, <laughs> and uh, various other things. It's uh, it's down right now because I decided to to change the prop on it, um, get a little bit more performance out of it, but it's, it's kind of like a hot rod, you know, I mean, it's, uh, it's constantly being tweaked on and, and stuff. And that's, that's just all part of the hobby. Right. So how long have you kinda been a little flying? Bit like, you know, changing, you know, we we're always tweaking with our helicopter. Right. Um, so it's the same with the full scale stuff. So how long have you been flying? Uh, since 1998. Okay. I have about 750-ish hours total time, which uh, compared to a lot of pilots is not that much, but I I fly strictly for fun. Right. uh, It's just for for my own enjoyment. Very cool. Um, Now, you've also flown... um, not for fun. I've seen you talk about other places where you like got paid to fly, or you were involved in uh, fly, flying a couple movies, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can I can say truthfully that I, I have a thirty year career in the movies, um, <laughs> uh, spanning two movies, thirty years apart. So um, uh, the first one I did. Um, so I have a. a, a very old dear friend of mine, Larry Jolly. Um, Larry is pretty well known uh, for his model work within the movie industry, uh, going back to to the Airwolf series, um, amongst other things. And uh, he, uh, uh, I mean, he's he's just had such a long career um, in the model making business, um, and. Uh, Oh, 30 years ago, he called me up one day and said, Hey, you know, I'm, you know, would, would you like to, would you like to, you know, fly a helicopter in a movie? And that movie ended up being called, it's one, it's called The Shadow Conspiracy. Um, it's a pretty terrible movie. Um, I forget what year it was released, but I think it went straight to video. And, and I'm talking like Blockbuster video store here. It's been a while. Um, and, uh, but the helicopter stuff was cool. Um, and, uh, and it was neat and it was fun and, and, and so forth. And, and I did that and had a lot of fun. We, we shot everything in Washington, DC. Um, I got to fly helicopters inside a building. It's the national building museum. I think it is, um, in, in DC. And, uh, the that was, space, that was or... pretty interesting. No, not air and space. It's a it's a separate building. Um, I believe it's the National Building Museum is what it what it goes by. It was a large building with a really big atrium, and uh, the 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 premise is the bad guys are trying to assassinate the president, and uh, the way they do this is they build a they build a helicopter with machine guns. 
Um, and it, uh, it's a, there's a big children's gala, I think. And uh, uh, there's a pile of large gift boxes. And at some point, the gift box kind of blows open and a helicopter starts up and takes off and does a strafing run and kills a bunch of Secret Service people and causes all kinds of mayhem. And just before it's about to shoot the president, the hero, in this case, it was Charlie Sheen, drops a, a, a bunch of balloons on top of it. And they all get tangled up in the rotors and and naturally it, it explodes big time. So, Did you just say hero and Charlie exploded. Sheen in the same sentence? And balloons yeah, and explosions. Yeah. I said too. it was a pretty bad. I said it was a pretty bad movie. It, it, it actually, I want to go see it, but it, I can't recommend yeah. it. Not when they're doing that with a helicopter. Yeah. What was Charlie like? So Did you get to meet was, him? Yeah, it, it, it was Charlie Sheen and Donald Sutherland, and uh, Linda Hamilton was uh, was in it as well. Uh, oh, that's wow. worth watching it for. Uh, yeah, you can find it on YouTube. I think. Yeah, it's called The Shadow Conspiracy. It's. I've watched it once and it is pretty cheesy. So, um, but uh, fast forward and uh, you know Larry and I had kept touch over the years and um, I uh, I got a a call from him needing some advice on setup on a on a Bavarian Demon and uh, a, 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 uh, an HC three uh, SX unit. Um, that he was using on a tandem helicopter. Now the 3SX is one of the few flywireless systems that support the tandem configuration. And so, so um, he, uh, they were having some some problems uh, getting this to work. Larry was a consultant, uh, and uh, and he asked if I wouldn't mind you know, flying out to LA to to kind of take a look at the models. Um, and uh, as it so happened, my wife and I had already scheduled a trip out to Seattle to spend some time with our son. And so I rearranged my return trip to go through L.A. And, uh, and so we spent the day, went out to uh, uh, a special effects studio, and uh, they had constructed a half dozen, you know, one-sixth scale uh, CH-47 Chinooks. Um, pretty much from scratch. Wow. Um, having never, having never built a flying helicopter before. This is what the special effects guys did. Um, and, uh, these were pretty monstrous. They weighed over a hundred pounds. Um, they, uh, they were powered, they were electric running on 14 S. We carried about 22 22,000 milliamp on board. Um, And uh, these things pulled a solid 100 amp plus in a hover. Wow. Um, And uh, yeah, they were, they were plenty powerful. Um, And I was able to get them going. They, they had a couple of phasing issues with the rotor system that was preventing them from flying. Um, And uh and so I was able to get one off the ground and, uh, and, and hover it for a while, and everybody was pretty happy. And uh, when I landed, somebody walked up to me and said, hey, would you like to go to Denmark? 
and I stared at him, kind of blank stare, and he said, and fly these things, like over the water, like near some windmill for three <laughs> or four weeks. So, and, uh, and I looked at my wife, looked at Laura, and I looked back and said, yeah, sure, why not? So um, the movie at that point, the working title was, was called Merry Go Round, and the movie ended up being um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet, um, and uh, and uh, pretty large scale Hollywood production, um, probably about as big budget as they come. Uh, pretty cool adventure. Um, they flew me out first class to uh, to Denmark. Um, I spent three weeks out there uh, with a with a couple other guys. Um, and, uh, we had a pretty good crew, um, another RC pilot from the Netherlands and, 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 and a friend of his who came to give us a hand with just kind of support. Uh, Larry Jolly was out there as well. And, uh, and the, the crew from the special effects studio, um, and, uh, pretty cool. So I mean, got to fly these things, uh, out over the sea. Offshore, we flew in and around a windmill farm, um, had a couple of incidents, um, lost a couple of machines, but, um, you know, we shot quite a lot of film and, uh, about 30 seconds of it is actually in the movie, so, um, <laughs> of our models. Um, but that's, that's just the way it goes with these things. So I, I spent three weeks out there. Um, had a fantastic time. And, uh, and then I came back for, for a month. And then I spent three weeks out in the California desert, east of Palm Springs. Uh, they have an area called Eagle Mountain out there that the movie industry uses quite a lot. It's a, it's an old mine. Um, and I spent three weeks out there. Um, and, uh, while they, they did some filming over there, the final, the final climactic battle happens out in that facility. And they used, they had us there with the model kind of standing by. They had a fleet of full scale uh, Chinooks. Um, those guys flew the crap out of them. Um, and ultimately they didn't need us. So Larry and I literally sat on our hands for three weeks, um, getting paid really good money. Um, and we would, you know, we would go out every morning and get the machines all charged up and ready to go. Maybe go take a test hop, and uh, uh, they would call lunch, and we'd pack up and go to the lunch tent and come back and sit our hands. And three weeks later, they said, "That's a wrap. You guys can go home." So, not <laughs> not very glamorous uh, at all. Um, nothing compared to Denmark. Denmark was fantastic. Um, I mean, I got to fly from a big ship and, uh, and from smaller boats and, you know, we had all this great time. Then I spent three weeks in the California desert trying to keep from going crazy, but still (laughs) I, an adventure of my life. That's pretty um, cool. Really, really cool. Two movies I got to add to my list. That's for sure. That, that sounds like fun. We had Richard Keppel on here 
couple of episodes back and he was talking about airwolf and some of that Knight kind Rider. of stuff and he was yep he was talking about larry and all the different stuff and that's the kind of thing that made it's stuff like that that made me want to get into helicopters back in the day when my parents wouldn't lend me enough money to get a to me a hornet right let alone looking through like a tower hobbies catalog at their controllers and everything else um but no that's the kind of stuff that made me want to get into it and uh it's one of those things that makes me feel so lucky but that sounds like that sounds totally awesome that that in itself sounds like a nice little vacation stressful in certain respects it was it was great and i got paid for it you know pretty (laughs) nothing wrong with that can't beat that i mean nothing wrong with that nice um so you'd mentioned Soxos earlier. Um, yeah. How'd they come up with that name? Uh, honestly, I have no idea. You know, it's a made up name. Um, uh, I believe Alex, Alex Kuhn is the owner of Heli Professional in Switzerland. And I think he just, he, he kind of consulted with some marketing people. Um, and uh, somehow they came up with that name. It's it's completely symmetrical, so it reads the same forward, backward, right side up, upside down. So it makes sense for a three D helicopter. Yeah, I was gonna say, you know, it flies both directions. It, you know, the name does too. Um, so how'd you get into carrying Soxos? How long have you carried the brand? So we've been associated with them. Um, we've known them since. 2014 um so i was i was over i was in germany for a show and and 2014 and uh i had heard about the Soxus line of helicopters and i I made a, a detour to switzerland and met up with alex then and looked at his stuff um he had acquired heli professional I think in about 2012 or so. Um, Heli Professional has been around for a long time. They've been making helicopters for a long, long time. They were always really kind of strange. You know, I mean, they, I mean, you know, the, one of their models was actually called Alien, and it looked very alien. Um, they were always very kind of, kind of out there designs, kind of really weird looking. They flew okay. I knew a couple people that had bought them over here. Uh, but they were never, they were never a mainstream helicopter. Um, and Alex acquired the brand and immediately started to, to try and develop it into, into something. And, uh, the end result was the Soxus line. Um, the original, uh, Soxus 700, it was a 550, a 600, a 700. Um, uh, I actually brought back with me an 800 at that time, built it, flew it. Um, one of my team guys beat the crap out of it at Urcha in 2014. Um, and, uh, and, and it was a great flying machine, but it had weaknesses in it. Um, namely it would, my, my team pilot, Rob would, could shred the gears at will on it um so at that time it was neat and it was cool but it wasn't something that we really wanted to take a risk on um and uh 
so we we kind of said our goodbyes and and so forth um but we always kind of sort of kept in touch uh fast forward a few years i think it was 2016 probably 16 or 17 alex and his guys came over for i think it was one of the last or the second to last um orlando heli bash um the, the the bigger event they had and uh he came over at the time the machine he had duncan um uh boucher flying for him they had created a it created a machine called a db7 um and uh it, it had a quite a bit more performance they had addressed quite a lot of issues on it and and we met back up with them um we had a good time um went out rode roller coasters at islands of adventure afterwards um they came back to melbourne they all got we all went flying in the rocket um and by the time they were ready to head home we had kind of decided all right we're going to try this for real this time and uh and and we've been carrying the line ever since um so the db7 sold okay but it still had some weaknesses um we uh were honestly to the point where matter of fact i i had uh i had written alex an email and said hey you know it's just you know we love you but it's just not really selling that well and we've got other things to spend our time on so you know I, i'm you know maybe maybe it's time maybe you would be better off finding somebody else over here um he replied with some photos of what he was working on which turned out to be the the strike seven um he had completely gone through the helicopter had converted it to belt tail drive um done a bunch of other things and uh uh he had put so much of his effort into it keeping the brand going that you know manny and i decided we, you know we just couldn't give up on it um so we decided to stick around um that machine was released uh it was better but it still had some performance weaknesses um and uh uh he we kind of found ourselves again you know thinking should we really keep doing this or not uh alex again went back you know and uh revamped the machine which became the the uh, strike the 7.1 uh there's i think 127 different parts between the original strike 7 and the 7.1 it's really a wow. completely new machine with just similar concepts and, and appearances um and that machine it, it, i mean it, it hit everything it's perfect um it's got really good performance nobody ever complains about the performance it holds up very well um and uh and it's been it's been good ever since so um it hasn't been the easiest of times and uh even today it's it's not what i would consider a a, a mass market helicopter um 
but uh, but it's a good solid machine. It's got a really good loyal following. Nobody that has flown a 7.1 has ever said anything bad about it. It's, it's been the opposite. Um, even some pretty top name guys who are sponsored by other brands, when they've flown it, they've commented that, hey, wow, they, they really did good on this one. I had a uh, so comment. We, we continue today. I, after so. I flew your 7.1 light, I'm like, well, this stinks because now I got to go buy one. Yeah. <laughs> So, yeah. Steve, common, you mentioned the light. Reaction. Yeah, yeah, common reaction. So. so, what is the difference between the seven, the Strike 7.1 and the 7.1 light? Is that like uh, just a lighter version, a more of a lightweight? How are they different? Yeah, yeah, lighter version. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's the same physical size. Um, just, uh, you know, lighter weight, as a lot of manufacturers have done. Um, so, it's... Uh, you know, really taking weight off the machine wherever it could practically be taken off. Uh, it's a little bit smaller canopy, which it shares with the upcoming 6.1. Okay. Um, and, uh, you know, smaller 10 millimeter main shaft, smaller rotor head, um, uh, lightened up uh, main gear hub, auto rotation assembly. Uh, aluminum drive and pinion gears. Um, you know, they just they took as much weight as they could off it in as many places as they could. Now a lot of guys uh, running like six and seven S on those. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they sell a combo. We have a combo, a six S combo. It's really intended for lower power setup. Okay. Um, it's not intended. You know, if you want to run 12S, you're better off with the original 7.1, which is not a heavy machine by any means. The original 7.1 is one of the lighter 700s out there. Um, The the 7.1 Lite is is intended for, you know, kind of a more relaxed flying style. Uh, uh, It flies awesome. Um, It's got plenty of performance on 6S. Um, people flying them on seven cells, eight cells as well. <coughs> um, and, uh, it's, it's, it's been pretty popular. I'm actually, I've been very surprised how popular the 7.1 light has been. Um, it's, uh, it really has a good following. Oh, it's excellent. not so light as a person's had a super stretch, several super stretches, um, and had the, you know, 550 scaled up to a 700. Um, in San Francisco, where it was a constant 10 or 15 across the runway, it was too light. Um, whereas this thing here has just that right amount of heft to it. I haven't even weighed mine yet. Uh, but yeah, it, it flies wonderful. I really like, I really yeah. enjoy it. I was really impressed with the, the blades because I'm not a lighter blade person. For example, like, uh, the Nick Maxwell, his Revos, they're a bit light for me. And so I don't tend to fly stuff like that, but on the light, those kind of blades work awesome and uh yeah the tail ratio is good uh i'm flying between like 1100 and 1700 and honestly i i have a 1700 setting but i never i never get up there it's 1100 yeah, 1400 i think I, mean, I, I yeah i mean I, I fly between 12 and 1600 and and i very rarely kick it all the way to 1600 and it'll 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 scoot um it really starts to come alive above 16 
but you don't really need to to turn it. Um, some of our guys, I know Tanner turns his, you know, turns his like I think 1850, um, and uh, beats the heck out of it, uh, and uh, and it holds up really well. It's it's limited to 1900 max on the head because of the size of the Bain rotor head part. So um, he's real been good pilot. And then I would expect, Steve, if you weighed yours, yours is probably going to be, it's going to be right around that nine pounds ready to fly with a 6S 5,500 to 6,000 bike pack. I'm riding 4,000 uh, 8S, but yeah, so probably very similar. Yeah. I shave about the same yeah. amount of weight. And they come in a lot um, of good color options as well. So you got some good um, choices there to pick a color that you can see well or strikes your fancy too. Yeah, and you yeah, got to be careful. The uh, tail fin is in with the. Uh, I didn't open the box on the tail for the tail fin. I didn't open the the lid, the canopy. So I'm like, hey, Danny, what's up with this? I'm missing the tail fin and the thing. Did I misplace it? And he's like, did you look in the box? <laughs> I'm like, oh yeah, the box. Oh. I I just I didn't open it because I had no reason to at that point. So can you tell us? You mentioned six point one. Can you tell us anything about that? Because I'm a six hundred guy. Yeah. And, I would love to hear more about, yeah, is there an ETA on that or? Uh, very soon. Uh, the team guys will be getting theirs probably in two weeks. Um, oh, wow. And then we'll have more, oh, a week or two after that. Um, so it is the Strike 6.1. It's essentially a 7.1 light with shorter boom components. Um a uh, little bit shorter main shaft and uh, and different blade grips. The blade grips are are uh, 12 millimeter grips rather than 14, um, and they have a, a four millimeter hole in them for the main blade bolt um, rather than a five millimeter. So um, other than that, it's pretty much it's pretty much a 7.1 light. Um, it'll be offered in a 6S combo as well, pretty much the same components that the 7.1 light combo is. Um, uh, no real restrictions. I mean, you know, you know, 24, 2500 is good on the head due to the shorter blades. Um, right. Probably on 12S, somebody will set one up on 12S and will probably be the wild child of the line. Um, but it should have really good performance on six cells as well. Nice. Nice. Very cool. Now, I have to ask, is there a nitro in the future? Um, I wish. Um, Alex and I actually had a discussion about this earlier this week um, for, the, for the nth time. Um, it's it's really just a question of whether or not there would be any return on the investment to develop it. Um, one thing that about the Soxus line and Heli Professional in general, um, you know, it, it's we don't have bottomless pockets, um, and uh, uh, we manufacture relatively short runs of kits um 
and uh, uh, it's a it's a comfortable place to be for for Alex. Um, so, unfortunately, I mean, fortunately for the guys in the hobby because they get to play with some really cool stuff. But unfortunately, from the business side, this industry tends to sometimes be dominated by companies that are fronted by individuals with a lot of money and a lot of ego. They're willing to spend whatever it takes to dominate the market. Right. Um, they'll, they'll pay, you know, money to, you know, to, uh, to, uh, attract the top name pilots. Um, they, they market very aggressively, uh, and, uh, and, uh, you know, they just, you know, if they, if, if they, they're either big enough that they can get by on relatively short margins or they're in a position where maybe they're, you know, part of a bigger company and they don't even have to turn a profit. Uh, so, um, it's a, it's a difficult thing for a small company like Kelly professional to compete in. And, uh, the reason that they're still around is because they don't try to be like those guys. Um, they, uh, they, they know the size of the market. Um, they know the realities of the market and, uh, and they, they kind of stay within those bounds. Um, so every run of kit gets sold out completely, um, which is a very good thing. Um, it's not really healthy when companies, you know, have mega discount sales um, and so forth to blow off excess inventory. Um, good for the consumer, good for the guys out there because they get to play with stuff at a greatly reduced cost, but not very healthy from a business standpoint. So when we, when we look at things like, do we want to do a nitro? I would, yeah. I would really, really like to do a nitro. I'm not an nitro guy myself. Blew them 30 years ago because that's all there was, but I don't really, it's just not my thing today. But all of my team guys fly nitro, every single one of them. Um, and they would absolutely love it. And I would absolutely love to be able to give it to them. I just don't know that it'll happen. All right. There's virtually no interest in nitro any other place but the good old us of a and there are already several solid nitro machines available right for us to come into that market i just don't know that we would get the investment back right i think huh? that was a key thing and alex though. is pretty much alex has pretty much put it on us he's like danny if you want to pay for the development we'll do it absolutely well, you never know. Someone may someday make make a conversion kit in their garage, and you know, you'll have a nitro. Just hear nitro actually, fly bar. It, it, it's actually happened. It, it it's actually happened. Um, Raquel's one of Raquel's guys in Spain. Yeah. Um. Uh, made a conversion kit for the original Strike Seven. Could be adapted to the seven point one. Um, and uh, they use some new old stock uh tsa parts apparently they're in abundance the the clutch stack um and, and cooling system uh 
and and they built they built a few of them over there and flew them and uh but the 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 the, the quirk is because of the two-stage transmission design you end up with a with a left-hand turning rotor system oh. and uh it's it's not a bad thing but if you've never flown an RC helicopter that turns opposite of what you're used to, it, it does take a bit of getting used to. So I don't know. I don't know what. Uh, I don't know that a lot of guys would really like that, especially going back and forth. Um, so it's uh, the conversion never really went. It, you know, it was a neat project. Um, and uh, but it never really went anything. And it, it's just because of the two-stage transmission. You would need to do like a belt par- primary drive on it right. in order to get it to work. As in the and, complexion. Yeah, yeah. the The whole upper, you know, the Soxus is unique in that it has a single piece CNC machined mainframe component, um, and uh, that piece would have to be redesigned specifically for the nitro. Um, it, it's just, it's a lot of work. Well, I'm just curious if Rocky, the cat has had any, uh, if he's thrown his hat in the ring to be a technical manager on something like that. Technical? No, he's, <laughs> you know, I love him to death, but he is not the smartest feline on the planet. So he's, he's, he's going to knock stuff he's off, a right? Big, yeah. He's a big lovable clown, um, is him. And, uh, uh, from a technical standpoint, and yeah, no, there's, there's 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 a couple of you know. Unfortunately, he has only two brain cells, I think, and and they you know, if if he had three, at least there would be a tiebreaker, and he could make a decision about something. But I, that's not the case. Yeah. I've got an orange cat, and I mean, I swear to God, this one shares a brain cell with other cats, so uh, I get it. But uh, yeah. So I'm super excited about the 6.1. That's really awesome. Now you got to put up with me bugging you questions about that. <laughs> so uh, I'm looking. I'm a 600 guy. I've got a pair of 580s, uh, raw 580s, and I've uh, I'd love to try something. I really enjoyed the build. Yeah. So yeah, I mean it'll be. Uh, I mean, I don't know when we'll have it on the website. You know, probably. I mean, it'll probably be into December before we get it up. Um, but you know, first batch of kits are shipping next week, the team guys, um, and, uh, and then we'll, we'll have more probably a couple weeks later on. Um, and, uh, but you, you have, you have the light. So you pretty much, if you just imagine a little bit shorter main shaft and shorter boom, and and there you have it um and uh it'll ship with blades same as the you know current one does they all ship with blades uh retail is i think eight it's 815 with main and tail blades um the kit and the 6s combo is 1375 retail there you go so maybe so chance we'll see one in the winter bash maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I'll I'll be thrashing on mine 
as soon as it gets here. So there you go, cool. Steve. Looking forward to that. Are you going to get over and get a pull on that one, there, uh, Mr. Ringley? Can oh. you fly other helicopters, or you get yelled at? Oh, I'm good to go to fly anything. Someone's willing to put transmitter in my hands. <laughs> uh, I've been on teams in the past, man. You weren't allowed to fly anybody else's stuff. So, uh, yeah. I, yeah. I didn't think you were on a team like that, though. Oh, no. Um, no, that's awesome. Well, we really appreciate you joining us here, Danny. And uh, it's been awesome to have you on and chit-chat about everything. I, uh, I, I, I think that's, uh, on that note, we probably can wrap it up. Unless you guys had anything else. Oh, How about you, Gregor? Gregor, did you have anything else? He, he did an absolute wonderful job. All right. Well, well it sounds fine. like it's about time to auto on out of here. And uh, I guess we will see everybody next month. Thanks for joining us. Awesome. Thanks Great again, job. everyone. Take care, guys.